Hey, this is David Perkins, pastor of Radiant Church. Thanks so much for checking out our podcast. I hope and I pray that the content helps you grow as a follower of Jesus. We'd love to see you at one of our services on Sundays or maybe at our Bold Conference this summer. Remember this, those who look to Him are radiant. Mother's Day Radiant Church, we are so excited to celebrate all of you moms out there. We have moms with us today who are pregnant or who have toddlers or who have teens, or maybe you're a foster mom or an adoptive mom or a spiritual mom. Whatever kind of mom you are, we wanna celebrate you today. And we are excited about what we have coming. Uh, we've been in a series on Psalms called Your Way Through. And I've been just taking one psalm and teaching it each week. And we've all been reading four psalms a day. Thanks to all of you that have jumped in to do that. But today we have a special guest. We're gonna take a break from that series. And Renata, will you introduce our special guest that we have today? Yes, I am so excited about our guest today because she has been a friend of mine for about 13 years and a mentor. Her name is Sally Clarkson. And I met her when we were in Colorado Springs and we had Dawson was two and Olivia was six months old and we hadn't had our other two yet. And she did a small group for me and with about four other pastor's wives at the church that we were at. And it literally changed my life as far as motherhood is concerned. She gave me a vision for all of the little things that I was doing every day and the way to just train and bring up our kids as disciples of Jesus. And I am forever grateful to her. And so I'm so excited that you guys get to hear from her today too. So let's lean in and hear Sally Clarkson. Happy Mother's Day, my friends. I'm Sally Clarkson, and I am just so honored uh, to be with you today. I have known uh, Renata and David for a number of years, and I just feel so uh, happy that they asked me to do this today. I'll tell you a little bit about myself. My husband and I both became believers when we were in college, when somebody just both of us in different places shared Christ with us. And it was, of course, the transforming moment of our lives. But then uh, I went into missions for a number of years in communist Eastern Europe, and I cut my teeth on discipleship. What would it look like to train adult leaders in such a way that if we had to leave the country, we would leave uh, uh, people that knew how to know scripture and, and know faith. And, and so in, that, uh, in the midst of that, uh, Clay had been praying for seven years that he would be able to date me and marry me. And so I moved back to the States. We did date. We did get married. And then we moved back overseas for a while. But in the midst of all of this, I just made an assumption that if I ever had children, that they would be my disciples and, and that I would have the opportunity to really impact them. But it wasn't until I had my children. I had... Um, I had four children. They're wonderful. You'll be hearing stories about them today. But I had uh, three children in less than five years. And I found myself in a place where I thought, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do. I had never changed a diaper. Uh, I, I kind of thought if I could just get the right daytimer or planner, maybe it would make it easier for me. And my children were all ear-infected, asthmatic uh, children who wanted to eat and wear reasonably clean clothes every day. And so I came to this point where I, I was staying with my mother-in-law in Texas. My husband was on a church staff in California. And I called him and I said, I need a plan. 
I, I feel like all I do is react all day long to life, to emergencies, to fusses, to messes. And I really thought I knew what I was doing. I have no idea. Let's make a plan. And so these many years later, we are into this plan, 28 books later, and we've done conferences and ministry all over the world. But what has probably been the greatest fulfillment of our whole lives is that we have seen our four adult children uh, come to know and love the Lord. And um, all of them are serving Him in, in one way or the other. And so that's why I consider it a great privilege to talk with you today about the plan that my husband and I came up with called Life Gifts. And I just want to inspire you who are uh, parents to know, especially moms, to know that the work of raising your child, of shaping a soul and of shaping uh, the truth that goes into the mind and of giving patterns of love, of being patient through all the years is probably one of the greatest works that you will ever do. I just adore women. I think they are civilizers, they have capacity, they're lovers, and, and so I hope that today's message will inspire you and help you to know that you really are someone very special. So how did we come up with our plan? We, My husband is great at putting together um, plans and thinking through things logically. And so when we were talking, I said, you know what I really need to know is that every day kind of what am I going for? What is my uh, direction or my purpose in all of this? And I, I want not to react to life, but I want to go forward in a, in a really orderly way. So life gifts is what we came up with. We thought we want to, we want to pass on the life of Christ to our children in such a way that they will see that he is the artist that threw the stars into place, that they will know that he was the creator of, of music and beauty, that they will understand that he was the God that had compassion. And he washed 120 dirty man toes, and uh, he also took children into his arms. And, and so we wanted to pass on the life of Christ to our children. But the second part of that was we wanted them then to have a vision for how they might take Christ back into their world. And so we came up with, uh, we wanted them to have the gifts of the love of Christ and His truth, but then we wanted them to be God's gift to their world. So as I go through this plan quickly today, I'm going to be going through G-I-F-T-S. And, and it helped me every day I could think of, is this a chance where I need to um, Im implement this situation? So I'll tell you all about it. But as we go through also, I want you to know that we felt like as we looked at the life of Christ for our children, that there is a knowing part. What does scripture say? What did Jesus say? Um, what do I need my children to know? And then there's a doing part. Uh, what do we need to do? What is the action? What is the, the application of the knowledge that we have? And so the first gift is the gift of grace. And if you could take all that God was, and if you could wrap it into a little package or whatever, um, God's grace is exercised towards us in such a way that all of His goodness, His love, His mercy, His righteousness is what He wants to give to us in our lives. He wants to give us all of Himself, all of His best, all of His love. And so we realize that when Jesus was asked what the two most important commandments were, uh, it was, love the Lord your God. Love Him with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. And you know this verse. And love your neighbor as yourself. And so we really defined grace 
as the, the gift of giving our children the love of God and the, the grace to love other people well. Well, of course, God always kind of um, challenges you when you make these ideals. And I have three children, but my third son, Nathan, was my uh, extrovert, questioned everything, bounced all around, didn't sleep through the night till he was four years old. And I remember at this one point in our lives, I was thinking, what should I do with his son, Nathan? Am I supposed to lock him in a closet? Believe me, I wouldn't lock him in a closet. I'm just being extreme. But you know, you have these crazy thoughts. How, how can I get this child to respond to me? And I was having a quiet time and I happened to be going through scripture and, uh, and, and this certain scripture on the gospels. And I kept running into this word with. And Jesus was with them and Jesus ate with them and Jesus you know, lived with them. And so the Lord really put on my heart, you need to be more with Nathan. He's the third child, he's part of the crowd. So we one day uh, we were living in, in my mother-in-law's house at this time when we were starting our ministry in Texas. And uh, we had some guests from Austria where we had been working. And I wanted my children, of course, to you know kind of step up to the bat and be predictably at least pleasant. And uh, so we were going out for a long walk on these country roads. And, and I said to Nathan, now, Nathan, here's your coat, you know, hoping that he wasn't going to say no. And of course he did. Uh, and so to make a very long story short, by the time we got the, the kids, the dogs, the, everybody out the door, we were walking down this country road, having a great time, at which point Nathan said to me, Mama, I'm cold. I, I, I want to go home. And of course, the first thought in my mind was, why don't you ever just do what I tell you to do and get your coat? But um, I didn't say it because actually I've been reading the word praying about this and the Holy Spirit put his finger on my heart. And, um, and also, you know, we're into these ideals of grace and all. So I knelt down on the, the road and I said, Nathan, I'm kind of cold too. How about if today you and mommy go back to the house and I'll make you a cup of hot chocolate? And he looked at me, he kind of, you know, stretched up and stood tall. And he looked at me and he said, you mean today I'm going to be more important than all of the other important people that you always spend time with? And it was as though the Holy Spirit stabbed me in my heart. And I said, yes, you are the most important person right now. And he took my hand and he kissed it about 15 times. He held my hand. He said, Mommy, I love you. He said it about 10 times. And then he proceeded to tell me every joke he had ever heard, every thought he'd ever had. I mean, he just blabbed and blabbed about it. And then he kept saying, Mommy, I just love spending time with you. And then he said, Mommy, when you spend time with me, it makes me want to obey you. But when you don't spend time with me, I'll do whatever I need to do to get your attention. And I realized that for me to reach the heart of Nathan, I needed to have grace for him, grace for his personality, grace to spend time with him, grace to fill his little extroverted cup. And so the first uh, letter that really helped me focus in the proper way to reach my children's hearts was to realize to love God means to love my children as he loved me and to give my children the time that they required to respond to my own heart and messages. So G stands for grace. As you're going through your day, 
you're looking at the opportunities. Is this a chance for me to give grace, to give love? Or is this a chance for me to teach my child to give grace to others? It's a training process. So the second letter I'm gonna talk about today is uh, inspiration. And we realize that Jesus was always going about inspiring, giving his disciples affirmation, telling them that they would be fishers of men, that, that uh, they would be the ones who would eventually, as it says in Acts, turn the world upside down. And there's just a simple verse that I would think about constantly because I, I love the fact that, that Jesus has a kingdom that he's gonna bring us into and that we get to be a part of his kingdom influence both now and when we're with him in eternity. And so seek first the kingdom of God. And so in the same way that Jesus said to his disciples, Peter, you are the rock. And he told them stories. And uh, he, he said, Thomas, you are a man in whom there is no guile. And have you heard this story of this centurion? He is, this story is gonna be told forever about him and so on. And so the second part is we thought, what can we do to so fill the treasure chest of our children's minds with inspiration, with stories, with hero tales, with uh, the story of David and Goliath, when David said, you come to me with sword and spear, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. And my children would act out you know, the, the David story. Or we read them tales about great heroes throughout history or people who had character. And so my, uh, my son, Joel, he's a, he's a musician, a composer. He went to Berklee College of Music in Boston, and now he's getting his PhD in Scotland, still working on all sorts of music, film score and uh, choral music, everything. And um, so he, ha he happened to be in a kind of a prestigious boys choir when he was 11 years old. He had to try out for it, and we just could see music bubbling up in his heart. But uh, so he was in this particular choir, and uh, he came home one day, and he was, he was always these tall, tall and thin and a little bit slight, and uh, now he's six foot five. <laughs> but uh, he came home one day, and he said, you know, Mommy, this guy is being a bully to me. This guy in the choir is being a bully to me. And he shoves me around behind the rafters when nobody else is looking. And uh, he seems like he's mean to everyone else. And I said, well, honey, let's pray. Let's pray for him. And of course, my mom heart is becoming very defensive. And I'm thinking, I'm going to talk to this choir director and tell him what. And so uh, we made an appointment with the choir director. And um, we were the next day we were going to go meet with him. And uh, this, this was several weeks into this whole choir experience. It was a boys choir that traveled all over. And um, he said, uh, he came home one night and he said, you know, mom, you know how you've been talking to us about being a light in our world? And he said, I found out that this boy is, um, he's 13, he's two years older and he's a lot bigger than me. And he said, I found out that his dad just left their family. And he and his mama had to move into an apartment with their, with his little brother. And he said, what if he's angry, mom? What if he's, he's acting out like you've always said, we don't need to act out things. So that comes from a place of frustration. And he said, what if God wants me to love this, this boy, mom? And what if he put me there to be a friend to him? Well, of course, at that point, we're thinking, oh my goodness, these guys are listening to us. They're listening to our devotions. But it was such a convicting time for us because we realized that already at such a young age, 
Joel was perceiving that this might be a place where he could actually have an impact on another boy who, who hadn't been well-loved and who hadn't been taken care of. And so he stayed in the choir. But uh, what I want you to know is that part of us learning this was realizing that as parents, when we're going through our day, we look for opportunities to affirm and encourage, just like Jesus did, and would say, I wonder, as they're practicing the piano, I wonder if you're gonna be a musician that will, will write great songs in your generation. I, I wonder, that was so sweet of you to be generous with your little sister. I wonder if someday you're gonna be um, somebody who meets the needs of a lot of people. You're such a great friend. And so we would narrate forward a, a situation where our children could imagine themselves as having a part in the story of God's mega story in his kingdom. And we would say, I know that God is gonna use you to live a story of your own telling. We can't make you be faithful, but we believe that you have the capacity to be faithful. And so as I'm going through my days, I'm looking for, is this a chance where I can teach my children about the love of God? Or is this an opportunity to teach them how to give grace? Is this an opportunity to fill their mind with stories, with, with the opportunity of imagining what it looks like to be a light giver in their generation? And so the third area that I'm gonna talk about today Life gifts. G I F is faith, and uh, faith in the in the knowing and doing um, is the the component where we're storing up the word of God. The word of God is active and sharper than a two-edged sword. Uh, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And so we helped our children store up uh, knowledge about the Lord. We had them memorize verses with us. We we talked to them about look at. Look at the sunset. Look at the beautiful colors that God created. He is an artist. He is the one that spoke this world into creation. And, some, and the, so the first part of it is storing up the knowledge and the faith of God. But one of the things I didn't even realize uh, that all of my children have either written or spoken about now separately from each other is that they all said one of their first memories in life was that when they would come down the stairs or up the stairs, we moved 17 times, six times internationally, so it was never the same house. But they said that whenever they got up, they had a memory of me sitting in a comfy chair with my Bible open, with a cup of tea and a candle. And they said that just seeing every day when I was calling out in the name of God, that it, it left, that was one of the biggest impressions of their young life. I was sitting there pouring out my thoughts, my heart, my frustration, my fears, and they didn't see exactly what I was doing. But that model and us then, we would go to the breakfast table and I'd say, do you know what I learned today? Or let's read this story today. But it's a, a great castle is built one brick at a time. And as I look back on our lives, I realize that that whole foundation of faith was given one day at a time. And uh, the other thing I, I realized was that Jesus had said that the student will be like his teacher. And we can't pass on that which we have not cultivated ourselves. And so I realized that in taking accountability um, before the Lord for my kids meant that I had to become the best person I could be. And I never knew 
how much all of, all of the kids were breathing in the oxygen of the practices of reading the Word of God every day. But there's a second component, and that's the area of faith and action. And uh, as we look back over the years, my husband and I, many years ago when we first started our ministry and our publishing uh, moved, we had lived in Los Angeles and Denver and Vienna, and I had lived in Warsaw, and we had lived in Nashville, big cities. But we moved to this tiny little town, 712 people, including all the dogs and all the cats, I'm sure. <laughs> and so we moved there because we said to our children, we believe that God wants us to write discipleship materials for families. And we moved there without a job. We moved in with my mother-in-law, another whole story. And, um, and so we would sit there with the kids every day and pray, God, would you help us to have enough money to meet ends at the end of this month? God, would you, would you help us to reach people and inspire people? And I remember our first conference was only 11 people. But we would sit there and they would pray diligently and then we would have them serve along with us. They would, they would uh, bring our books. Now we're into, um, my husband and I have written 28 books and all of our children are published authors. We're really people of words. Don't ask us to build your house. But anyway, uh, again, our kids grew up seeing that when God put something in our heart, often we had to take the risk of faith. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. But without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so we realized that daily and in the life of our family, we needed to live before them a life of believing in the Word of God and then going out and being Davids and being willing to conquer the giants. So as we were going through our lives, that's another thing I would look for during my day in the midst of all the messes, in the midst of all the moments, is this an opportunity to teach my child the truth of the Word of God? Or is this an opportunity where I might show them what it looks like to step out in faith? That um, kind of like Joel did when he stepped out in faith to share with this other little boy. So the next thing is G is grace, I is inspiration, F is faith, T is training in godly character. Uh, in order for us to really be able to have a, a, a testimony in the world, we need to actively train our children in godly character. No, not this, this. It says the path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. It, training our children is this long path, and, and we take them out of the weeds at times, and but we keep them focusing on the light. This is what it looks like to be wise. This is what it looks like to be responsible. This is what it looks like to be loving. And we even wrote uh, 24 Family Ways, which is a discipleship training materials that we use with our children because we realize that your actions oftentimes go before your message when you're in a very dark and secular world. And so we wanted to train our children to have the character of Christ. And um, it was really fun for me as I, as I look back. Uh, we had conferences for many years uh, we would do conferences in different parts of the United States, mom, mom heart conferences. And, um, and so our children would learn to serve. They would, they would um, take books and, and they, would, uh, they would have to do messages. We have two introverts, two extroverts, so it was harder for some of the kids. But they grew up as a part of our family serving other people, which I believe if you tell your children a lot of reductive information, without inspiring them to live it out, it's not gonna transform their hearts. Um, we have got to be um, those people who live by the Word of God and who do the Word of God. 
And uh, so as I as I look back, my daughter, uh, Sarah, who's very introverted, she's the one that finished her master's in theology in Oxford last year, and she's a writer, and she has two little kids. And um, and so she was talking to me one day. We lived in Oxford for a while, and might again. And she said, Mom, she said, you know, what I see is a lot of people um, having doubt in their lives. They're doubting God. They're doubting um, churches. They're doubting all these different things. And she said, I... I think I'm going to spend the rest of my life writing about theodicy, which is, it looks like the love of God in the midst of a dark world. In other words, what is the reality of God's love, of His goodness, of His of His light, and how can we cultivate that in the midst of a world that has many questions? And I said, well, honey, how did you come up with this? And she said, you know, I look back on all those years, and sometimes we complained, it was a lot of work, sometimes we loved it. But she said it was the training of watching our whole family speak the Word of God and then minister the Word of God by having people in our home. And she said, I realized how much the training was taking root in my heart. And I feel like the training gave me the confidence to want to have a message to take to the world. And so grace, inspiration, faith, training. And the last one is service. And um, I, I think that this is the part that a lot of parents don't include in their lives. And I think if, again, if, if Christianity is just cognitive, if it's just something to know or a rule to keep um, or a tithe to give, if it's just based on knowledge, it doesn't have anything to do with the life of Christ. Christ said, I came to seek and, and save the lost. He said, I came not to serve, not to be served, but to serve. And so we realize that uh, we're made for purpose. We're made to have a part in God's story. You know people I'll never know that you can minister to and so on. And so um, service is really that active part of taking all that we know, of taking the love that we have received, of saying, God, in the power of your Holy Spirit, how might you use me? How might you use my family? How might you use me in my work? How might you use me in my neighborhood? Uh, without service, they're, they're, the Holy Spirit, when He is living within your mind and heart, He will compel you to do what God would do. And God always has an eye out to redeem the world. So He wants to redeem the world through you. So we would talk with our children about service. But uh, I, I look back now and I have my little joy. I had three children, three miscarriages, and I had joy when I was 42 because Nathan prayed for her. And uh, Joy is the first one finishing her PhD. She's 24, and uh, I, I was talking with her. Uh, we lived together in Oxford a couple of years ago um, as she was continuing her education. And she said, you know, Mom, uh, and at this point, she's now teaching at a university in Scotland, and um, she's finishing her degree. But Joy started a podcast that is very popular. She started uh, Patreon, which is where people get articles from her every week. And just this year, she had the opportunity. She's kind of a go-getter. Um, and she is uh, teaching. And and I went to Scotland recently as I was um, visiting my other children there. And we were sitting down and she said, you know, Mom, she said, you always talked about discipleship because that's what really helped you and dad have the confidence to know Christ, but also to share Christ with other people and to open our home for hospitality. And she said, I've been teaching for my first time. Uh, I've been teaching college students. And she said, 
you know, it takes me a lot of preparation and it takes me a lot of time, but she said, I am so thrilled that I get to serve these atheist kids who've never heard about the love of God. They've never known a relationship with somebody who knew the love of God. And she said, I will invite them to a cafe now. And she said, first I get to teach on theology that they had to take as as a part of an elective course. And then she said, I'll invite them over. And she said, it is the greatest joy of my life to see the light turn on when I'm sharing all of the things that I learned through all the years. And she said, I feel like it's so amazing to be able to live in the purposes of God. And so I want you to know that a part of you giving your child hope in a secular world is to say your life matters, your personality matters, your words matter, or your gifts matter. I wonder how God is going to use you to transform your generation by extending His love and light to the world. So G is grace, I is inspiration, F is faith, T is training, and S is service, G-I-F-T-S. But what I wanted to kind of end with today is um, we are people with agency. Uh, We all have a capacity to make decisions and how we're going to invest our lives and how we're going to live our lives. But one of the things I love about Proverbs is that whenever it talks about wisdom, Proverbs is full of wisdom. But did you know that wisdom is always uh, used with a feminine pronoun? Wisdom she, wisdom she. And so I, I looked at Proverbs 9 and I was thinking, this is what we are made to be like as moms. No matter what other choices you make in life, no matter what choice your child has about school or if you work or not, or um, maybe if you aren't even married or not, uh, because I know there are many single women in this crowd, we have this capacity to be wise in the world, uh, to be civilizers. I love how women can be civilizers, but it talks about it in, in Proverbs 9 where it says, wisdom has built her house and she has set her table And she goes out and cries out into the city at the top of the heights of the city where all the leaders are. And she says, come into my house and let me teach you about wisdom. We look at Proverbs 31 and we see that um, the woman is, you know, pretty much rolling up her sleeves and jumping in. And there's a verse that um, I looked at it up with Clay in, in the Hebrew and it talks about the teaching of the loving kindness of God is on her tongue. And so I just want to challenge you today to know that you matter, your life matters, your motherhood matters. And when I look back on my own life and I look back at my my daughter, Sarah, I had never changed a diaper. I didn't know what I was doing. And it was as though when I was holding her, God said, you are holding eternity in your hands. Um, The way that you love her will predispose her to knowing my love. The way that you uh, train her about truth, the way that you stretch her capacity for character, the way the way that you disciple her is going to be the greatest work of your life. And when you get to heaven, I'm not going to say, what did you accomplish? How much money did you make? How clean was your house? But I am going to say, how did you whisper the secrets of the kingdom of God into the heart and mind of your children? Because when God trusted us with our children, He was honoring us with the capacity to pass on to our children what He has given to us. And so I just hope that you will understand today that being a mom, being a parent, 
is a part of the greatest work you'll ever do because this soul that you have in your home is one whose consequences of trusting God will live for eternity. And I just would love to pray for all of us right now, if I can. Dear Heavenly Father, I just love the opportunity of being with all of these precious people, Lord. I thank you for them. I thank you that um, you see their heart, that they are not invisible to you, that you see their needs and their difficulties and their challenges and their financial issues. And yet, Lord, you want in their story to for them to see you as their loving and compassionate Father, that in time they will see your faithfulness, your wisdom. I pray that you will give them renewed hope and inspiration today to know that the way they are living right now is the story they are telling to their children, to their friends, to their neighbors about your reality. Give them the courage to live faithfully. Give them the, the strength to endure well. Give them the joy of serving you, Lord, and of knowing how deeply you love them. We are just so grateful, Lord, that you designed us um, in the role of parents to be able to really live out your picture to the world. We love you so much today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So I hope you have a happy Mother's Day, and uh, thank you so much for being with me. Just someday when you're in Colorado, come and share a cup of tea with me. Bye-bye. Wasn't that an incredible message? I loved it, and I hope you did too. If you guys would like to get more information from her and follow her, I listen to her podcast pretty much every week at At Home with Sally, so that's another way to connect with her. And moms, we have a special gift for you today, so just check out all of our social media and you'll be able to find that there. Yeah, not just for moms. That's great for dads too. I was challenged. I want to encourage each one of you uh, as parents to take a step, take some of the content that you heard today and maybe have a conversation about one way that you can take a step to be intentional in parenting. In fact, I think it'd be great for all of us to just ask the Lord, even right now, what is one spiritual step that I can take this week? Some of you might wanna get involved in some of our digital small groups. Some of you might wanna take a step and jump on the Serve app and find Radiant Church KC and serve somewhere. In this season, this is the best time to not be thinking about ourselves, but be thinking about others. Anyway, we love you. And I'm, I was thinking there might be some of you that even though you listened today and you heard all about being a parent, God is at work inside of your heart. And today you're thinking, you know what? I want to be one of God's children. And currently, maybe maybe it's a new commitment, maybe it's a recommitment, but you know that you're, you're far from your father and you wanna just come running down that dusty road like we read about in Luke 15 and come back to the father and say, I want God. And so if you wanna make a decision for Jesus today, we wanna give you that opportunity just like we do every week. And so I wanna lead you in this prayer. Just say to the Lord, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and I give you my life. Save me, change me, heal me. Make me a new creation. I wanna spend eternity with you. In Jesus' name, amen.